0: Our scripture lesson for today, the fourth Sunday of the season of Lent, comes from Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. The Apostle Paul writes, You were dead through the trespasses and sins in which you once lived, following the course of this world, following the ruler of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work among those who are disobedient. All of us once lived among them in the passions of our flesh following the desires of flesh and our senses we were by nature children of wrath like everyone else but god who is rich in mercy out of the great love with which he loved us even when we were dead through our trespasses made us alive together with christ by grace you have been saved and raised up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the ages to come, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace, you have been saved through faith. And this is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God, not the result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are what he has made us, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared before to be our way of life. The word of the Lord. Well, people of God, may the grace and peace of our triune God be yours today and forever. Amen. I'm going to start today with a little song, a little ditty, one that I've remembered for a lot of years now. This one is actually one of the theme verses and is one of the verses from our reading today. And this dates all the way back to the the summer of 1998, when I was on staff at Ingham Lake Lutheran Bible Camp. Now, the thing about the Bible Camp and the program is every week, week in and week out, there's a set of verses that are taught to the campers and we do we used to do it through song and through little actions as we would teach it and that's what I'm going to share with you today now there was always one that was the overarching weekly verse and then each day had their own theme verse as well and this is one of them and it goes a little something like this for it is by grace you have been saved through faith not of ourselves it is a gift a gift of God Ephesians 2, verse 8, cha cha cha. I always got to put that little flare on there. It's funny that I can remember that so well, but it has stuck with me over the course of the last 23 years since I was on staff there. Now, what I appreciate about this verse and the idea behind not only this verse, but this entire passage is the way that it is very countercultural. It talks about the gift of God, the gift of God's grace, the, the gift of God's mercy that all comes through Christ, and it is not because of the works that we do. Now, this idea is actually very countercultural as we think about it. The idea of working harder, of doing more, of accomplishing more, of, of earning our way up the ladder, that is so central to our way of life, that we think about the ways that we're always told to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and to do a little bit more and to exceed expectations and continue to earn your way up and up and up and up. As I think about this, I'm reminded of many, many different things and the way that things often go as we work harder and do more, thinking that we can achieve more and more and more. In fact, this oftentimes I find myself in this frame of mind as I'm starting a new work week. There's a theme or an idea that I talk about with my wife sometimes. We kid around about it as we're coming into a week that seems really busy. Like there's just so much to accomplish. We never know how we're going to get out of it. We always say, I feel like I'm behind the eight ball today. That I'm never going to manage to get around from behind there and accomplish everything that needs to get done. As I think about this whole idea, all this idea of working harder and trying to accomplish things and working harder and trying to accomplish things, it actually reminds me of a story that has to do with this very building, this very room that I am standing in right now, the sanctuary and the the building of Underwood Lutheran. Now, the history of this congregation dates back almost 100 years, clear back to the 1920s. When Underwood Lutheran first became a congregation, they first existed in a very small chapel-like building that was here in town. Actually, that building doesn't even exist anymore. And that was the reality for the first couple of decades. But then sometime in the late 40s, maybe early 50s, they discovered this military chapel somewhere out in Nebraska that was no longer in use. It was just kind of sitting empty. And the congregation was able to purchase the building, to take it down piece by piece, carefully cataloging where everything went, shipping it here to Underwood, and then very slowly and carefully rebuilding it into the sanctuary and the building that we are in, that we share, the, 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 the home, the building of Underwood Lutheran that we're in right now. It was a very long, very meticulous process that took a lot of work to finally get to the point of completion. And I was once told a story about the pastor at the time who was convinced that he could do as much work as possible to help speed this process along. And he was here all the time, just trying to help and trying to help and trying to help. But as the story goes, this particular pastor was not what you might call overly handy. And so he was actually causing more trouble than he was causing, uh, than than, than he was giving help to the point where the contractor who was in charge finally had to step in and kind of tell this pastor what was going on when he very carefully and kindly but firmly said, Mr. Preacher, we've got to talk. Now that story, that encounter was witnessed by an individual who at the time was still a teenager But he would go on to become a stalwart in our congregation and in this community guy by the name of phil phil was there that day when the contractor pulled the pastor aside with that mr preacher to set him straight to help him realize that his work wasn't getting him anywhere and phil was has been important for a lot of years and i could count week in and week out in the time that i have been here at underwood that i could look actually right over here not very far on the other side of this camera and know that he'd be sitting there week in and week out for worship. Now, if I was really long-winded, he might be snoozing there in those later years, but he was always there right up until a year ago when all this COVID stuff started and we had to begin things like social distancing and we, we moved into an online type situation and, and through that, uh, of course, that, that changed things. Now, when I think about Phil, And when I think about the constant that he was here in the sanctuary, here in the congregation, here in the community, I share his name and I share his story with a bit of sadness. Because the reality is, last fall, not because of COVID, but because of simply natural causes, Phil died. We lost him. He's gone from our congregation now. The treasured memory, he has joined that great cloud of witnesses that's come before us and has gone on into whatever lies on the other side of death. But I can still look right over there and know where he's supposed to be. Folks, I've been here in Underwood for almost eight years now, and Phil is not the only face that I look out and I see missing as I look at their place where they used to sit, where they're supposed to be, the, those, the memory of these individuals who have been so important, but now have experienced the reality of death. It's this idea of death that draws me back to our passage for today. The passage actually opens talking about how we were all dead in our trespasses, dead in sin, as good as dead in our bodies, and it speaks to the brokenness of this reality that we are all a part of death is a reality for all of us all of life will one day experience it because life has an ending point life has a, a, a limitation and that's a limitation that is brought on by the brokenness of this world and the brokenness that is a part of us now as we think about all this of course one of the many aspects of of faith and life in the church that we talk about is eternal life, the eternal life that's given to us through Christ, the, 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 the life eternal that we'll have with God, the fulfilled life that we'll have with God. Now in our culture, we think again, as I mentioned at the beginning about how we work for things how we work hard to achieve it. If, if I just work a little harder, if I do this, if I, if I work hard enough to eliminate that bad thing, I can get past that. And if I focus over here, I can do that. If I just work harder, I'll get there. But that is not what the gospel tells us. If it was simply about working our way into it, then Christ died for nothing. Then there was no reason for this free gift of God's grace given to us through Jesus. If it's just about what we achieve, then maybe we can stick with another slogan that was important a few, year, or a few years back, this thing that came up. You've probably heard about it. There were bracelets for it and everything. WWJD, what would Jesus do? It was great in theory that whenever you encounter a situation, you ask that question before you react. How would Jesus act in this situation? What would Jesus say? What would Jesus do It's this idea of Jesus as a a wonderful example for us and that if we simply follow his example, everything will be done right. We'll do everything okay. We'll achieve it on our own. We'll obtain righteousness because we've acted in a certain way. Jesus as example, but folks, that's not the way it works. We hear in the passage the free gift of God's grace, which is through Jesus. And we remember that whatever it was that God was accomplishing through the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus, however God was somehow righting the wrongs of this broken reality and somehow redeeming this broken reality of somehow overcoming all the brokenness and limitations in there, it's not by giving us an example, it's by giving us a gift, the free gift of God's grace through Jesus Christ this is the example this is the 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 thing i should say that we that we cling to in the gospel the reminder that we can't do it on our own that it's not about what we achieve that when it comes to this idea of righteousness or faith or when it's this idea of this eternal life that is promised by god that it's not because of what we do it's about who we are And when we think about who we are it's better to remember whose we are you are a beloved child of god you have been claimed by god out of god's great love and delight in you yes we are broken flawed people all we have to do is take a look at the way that our relationships suffer the way that we don't manage to always be in harmony with one another and with this world that we have made we realize this brokenness this this limitations this 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 aspect of life that is so true for all of us and yet we have been given the promise that despite all that through christ god has claimed us as beloved children made us heirs to the same promise The same joy and delight that God takes in Jesus, as this is my beloved Son, God bestows upon you as well. You are my beloved child. With you I am well pleased. It's that free gift of God's grace that we all receive, that we all need, that will one day bring us all to fulfillment, even in those times when maybe it doesn't feel like it. Folks, we are living in hard times right now. Times where perhaps it's hard to feel that sense of calm that sense of of normalcy that sense that everything is going to be okay when we still live with unease and when we're still we're still dealing with things that that a year ago as this all began we thought would be over in a couple of weeks and now here we are an entire year later and we look around and we see some of those spaces that aren't there and I can't help but think all of us have those spaces in our lives that are now absent whether it's because of COVID or whether it's because of other situations, it's just a simple reality that if we look back a year, life is drastically different than it was then as to how it is now. And we still don't know exactly how things are going to come together, but it's not going to happen. Joy is not going to happen. Safety is not going to happen. All of this stuff is not going to happen for us simply because we work hard at it but rather in the face of all the junk that goes on, perhaps hope is what we cling to and it's the hope that we find in God's claim upon us. This is the gospel that we proclaim, that even in the midst of the hard stuff, even in the midst of stuff that we cannot, we cannot explain and we cannot endure on our own, we have been given the promise by God through Christ that God has claimed us and that promise will never go away. It is a gift, a gift of God through faith, not of ourselves. And folks, if we think that we can manage it on our own, if we think we can achieve it on our own, that we are capable of doing any of this stuff on our own, well, then maybe we need someone to take us aside and and kindly and yet firmly remind us, Mr. Preacher, we got to talk. God has claimed you through Christ. That is the truth of the gospel. And maybe today, that's all we need to say. Amen.